It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by... You were only given one body, one earth suit. Stop blasting it into the ground with destructive workouts. You don't really need to work out as hard as you think you do. Text the word WORKOUT to 408-883-4442 and get started for free with me. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Janke and I'm joined today by Renzo Reyes. Renzo is a mental health advocate, a lifelong scholar, and a first-generation graduate of Georgetown University, and he currently serves as a management consultant to a top global consulting firm and will soon be publishing his first book, Do It Anyway, Realizing Your Worth in a World That Makes You Feel Inadequate. Uh, And you're in Rockville, Maryland. So thank you so much, Renzo, for joining us today. Really appreciate you joining. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. You're welcome. You're welcome. Fill, fill in any gaps that I missed in your biography. And then also maybe tell a story as far as how did you get along this path? Like what made you get started as a uh, mental health advocate and uh, everything that you're doing these days? Sure, sure. Um, I guess so. A little bit about me. I am an immigrant from Peru. I came here at a very young age when I was five years old. Um, so grew up in, in that kind of uh, you know, immigrant household with the values of, you know, always make sure to work hard, push forward, um, and, and just seek out a better future. Right. So it kind of contextualizes a lot of the experiences I had growing up. Um, but it was, it always led me to just, to push myself, uh, to my limits, no matter what circumstance. Right. Uh, and, and many times that, that would just mean, you know, sacrificing my mental health, um, and just kind of being uh, what I felt to be a perpetual outsider, you know, kind of growing up because I had this, you know, immigrant status on on myself. Um, I, I looked different than a lot of my peers and, and I uh, behaved different. Right. And so for me, uh, I felt kind of like an outsider perpetually. And, and that didn't also didn't help my mental health very much. And so it wasn't until I, I started to explore that side of myself that that a lot of the different components of health, both physical, mental, and, and spiritual, even started to actually come together uh, in such a way that that I could actually be happy and satisfied with with where I am and and how I feel. Um, now that's vague, but uh, but kind of wanna give us some time to dive into each of those. Yeah, things. <laughs> we could definitely dive into that. So that feeling of being an outsider that I, you know, I've felt that not in, not because of the same reason, but I've definitely felt that as being an outsider, let's say like at a new school or, mm-hmm. you know, a new situation. And I'm sure a lot of people listening have felt that. What, what did you do to, to get past that? You, you know, how did you work on yourself? What did you tell yourself to, to get past that feeling of being an outsider? Or, or have you gotten past that? I have, I have, and it's actually recent. So nice. <laughs> it's been kind of a lifelong journey, if I'm being honest. But in, in 
I, I think I always try to chase after, I, I try to compensate by chasing after the things that I thought would materially bring me that kind of satisfaction or, or sense of adequacy uh, that I wasn't receiving from peers um, or from myself, right? And and I think that that latter is the key, right? I wasn't receiving it from myself and I thought that I needed to get it from my surroundings, from the people around me. Uh, when in reality, it's I needed to look inward and figure out, like, you know, do I love myself? Do I find myself worthy? Uh, and though I may have thought that at, at before, the answer really was no until I actually, you know, put in the work to be able to figure out, okay, what is it that I need to do to to remedy this? Um, so to answer your question more directly, um, and it all started with how I actually started to write the book, right? Because I I felt perpetually inadequate. That that was my problem. No matter what I did, uh, you know, I I went to Georgetown. Um, I, I studied all of these um, um, really interesting things. I went into business, um, kept kind of up in the bar for myself, um, but nothing ever was enough for me to feel like, okay, like I'm, I'm at a good place. I'm, I'm adequate, right. Or I'm, or I'm enough. And so in writing the book is when I actually started to discover like that I needed to look inward instead of trying to, you know, satisfy the, the standards of others. Um, it really just took one step into accepting the fact that I couldn't be everything to everyone at every time. Uh, and I needed to just focus on being enough for myself and 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 loving myself and, and showing myself that I'm worthy. Wow. That's a huge lesson. Getting to that point where you, you know, you were looking all outside yourself. You were, you went to Georgetown. You mentioned you got into business. Um, what that reminds me of as you're talking, have you read The Power of Now? I'm not. I've heard of it. And it's, it's a, a fascinating book and just in the first i don't know if it's in the introduction or in chapter one very early in the book and he gives an analogy or like an allegory of this man who's in the town square and there's a beggar asking for money and the man says i have nothing to give you but what is that you're sitting on and the beggar says oh it's nothing it's just a box i've been sitting on this for years and the man says well what's inside of it nothing i mean i don't know and he says well why don't you open it up and he opens it up and there's like gold and jewels <laughs> inside and he's and so that's his analogy as a writer he says i'm i'm the man i'm the man asking you to open the box within right. because you're not going to find it outside you're going to go you're going to have to go within and find it there absolutely so, yeah so, that's absolutely. Awesome. so are these some <laughs> some themes that you touch on in your book as well you, you talk about this as this is kind of the theme of the book, right? It is, it is. And and I love that analogy um, that you just, um, you know, put into picture because that's actually, uh, that that's very well encompassed within the cover of the book, right? So it's, to describe it, it's like a, a red metallic, beautiful chess piece. Uh, that's, you know, a, a queen chess piece because the queen in chess, um, for those who don't know, can move wherever they want on the board. Yeah. Um, it's the most powerful piece, right? And then the it's like a light is being cast on that piece. And then in the background, it's a pawn. That's the shadow. Wow. And so it's like society for all of us, right? Um, but obviously, some with different, more marginalized identities tend to get 
hear more of an earful from society, but for everyone, society does tend to cast us in a negative light. Um, and it's up to us to realize our worth by actually, you know, tapping into that, um, the worthiness within us, you know, the, the real gold of it all, if you will, to compare it to the analogy that you just brought up. Yeah. 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 And it, one of my guests said this last week, I think they, about asking or, or seeking other people's opinions that even if there are certain people, which the number of people who actually matter to any one of us is like a handful of people. Right. And then we have all these different layers with social media. We have our social media friends and then mm. we have the news media. And like you said, we have, you know, how you should be in magazines and this and that, and, and it can get to be a lot, but yeah, I absolutely, mm. you know, we got to go within. So as a, mental health advocate, as a coach, as a writer, what are some practical strategies that people can do to close their ears, close their eyes of the outside and, and to go within like some practical things that they can do starting day one? Yeah. So I think one of the most practical ones and, and then, um, the most practical one, actually, I can say is just recognize that, um, the messages that that we hear from society about us um, most of the time aren't true um and that's closely tied with the second piece of practical advice which is you know just learning to accept that we can't be everything for everyone because no matter what we do there will always be someone or many people most more likely than not that see us as as inadequate as not doing enough uh and so if you can work to become okay with that notion, um, and actually is very, you know, you might think that it um, makes you vulnerable or, or more prone to be to those kind of attacks, right? Um, but in reality, what it does is it allows you to eventually reject those notions of, of inadequacy because you start to steal your own self-worth. Um, and, and, it comes from a, a Buddhist principle of like, um, nowadays it's more known as like radical acceptance, but it's in, in when we can't uh, influence the kind of circumstances that we find ourselves in, uh, we, all, all, all that's left for us because of the pain that it causes, we can't stop that pain from being caused. We can actually just work to accept it. Uh, and if we go on that process on that journey, it can actually show us that, okay, if, if we can come to accept this, then we can eventually um, start healing from it. And that's that's the first step, right? You go through the different phases of, of grief. There's a reason why acceptance is at the very end, but it's also marks the beginning of a journey, which is to actually be able to heal from that and and move on and 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 do um, different things, the, the, the things that we want to do, right? right. And I think one of the ways that that applies to just this message of feeling inadequate is that it's liberating. You know, the moment that you can just acknowledge like, hey, I don't have to be everything for everyone. Uh, I can just do whatever I want to do. Uh, I can be whoever I want to be. Uh, it, you you liberate yourself to, to do whatever it is that you want to do. Right. So, it, yeah, acceptance is the last, it's the last of five stages, right? What are the yeah. What are the what are the first four again? Um, um yeah, so it goes um 
it goes um wow it's like um denial right um denial bargaining bargaining yeah um it's anger one of those um Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I focus more on the ladder, the the side after the five stages. But... Right, right, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, uh, you're fine. Just, you're fine. It's I wanted that to lead to a, to the next step, which is kind of like what you just said. Like you focus yeah, on it's good for us that, right? to know. No, for sure. The process yeah. is important though. Yeah, depression is oh whoops, lost it. Hold on. Depression is that one. That's the fourth one, right? I like what you said. Yeah, it's coming. Um, I like what you said about how you focus on like once you get to acceptance, that's like the, the starting point of your adventure, right? Yeah. Like you, like we have a lot of baggage. Every one of us does. We have childhood, even if our parents were great, you know, as kids, we don't understand the world around us very well. And so even, you know, now maybe you could ask your dad, like, Hey dad, remember that one time when you did this, this, and this, and your dad could look at that and be like, Oh, what, actually happened was and then Mm -hmm. when he explains it to you as an adult you know it's just like oh yeah i get it you know and yeah we have these stories as kids right um okay i got it denial anger bargaining depression acceptance acceptance. right okay yeah that's awesome so okay so then that that's the segue to the next thing so so somebody's gone through the five denial anger bargaining depression acceptance that's the stepping stone for the next level. Mm-hmm. What it, what is, what does that look like? Like, I mean, you're you're there. Like, you wrote a book. You know, you're you're saying like, it doesn't matter what anyone out there is thinking. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. But I'm going from my inner guidance. What does mm-hmm. that next step look like for either you or others? Or what kind of themes can you pull out of that? Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I go through a series of principles in the latter half of the book, right? So I I first work to dissect the issue at hand. So I what I call it is internalized inadequacy, right? Because it comes from outside and we start to believe it. Once we're told we're not enough, enough times, uh, we start to believe that we aren't simply not enough. We're inadequate, that there's something wrong with us. So we need to dissect that first, right? That's the process that we talked about that, that ties in with the five stage, stages of grief, but it's more of an, a journey of, of understanding why it is that we feel that way and why society casts us in that light and why it's, you know, typically wrong. Um, from there, you can, you know, once you accept, once you realize that you don't have to be everything for everyone, that you can forge your own path, uh, you can actually begin to um, analyze, like, very specifically, like, what it is that you uh, have been taught to believe, right? So I, I'll call this process unlearning to learn. So you have to kind of empty the cup, if you will. Um, so, you know, Bruce Lee, um, uh, famous quote of, of empty your cup so that you can fill it once again, um, with the contents of what you want to fill it with. So, uh, we're taught in society and, and, you know, what we, we have such a focus on, on, on learning all of these new things on, you know, uh, reading all of these different self-help books on, teaching ourselves all these really cool things, but we forget a critical step, which is unlearning some of the negative that we learned. So that's the next big step. It's like, okay, analyzing what it is that we, we, what we think we know that might actually not be helping us and actually working to get to a path of like, of, of intaking that, which actually helps to strengthen us. Um, that's, that's kind of the next step, but there's, there's a whole series uh, of, of different things that, 
that we can do. But um, I, I guess just to sum it up, the most important thing that we can do from that point is just make sure that we celebrate our entire identity, um, both from a cultural perspective, you know, who are we by result of who, who we are, um, where we come from. Uh, so from a collectivist standpoint, but also from an individual standpoint, you know, what do I have um, that's that's valuable that no one can take away from me, right? And celebrating that, celebrating the, our strengths. Um, a lot of people find it difficult to do that, um, but it's it's something that you have to know to look for um, before you can even um, find it, right? Like that's not usually something that you stumble upon, but but it can be, right? I can give an example. So I. Um, it kind of ties in really well with my health journey, actually, because I, for the longest time, just didn't really uh, work out in the traditional sense, right? I, uh, I'd i love to go on walks. I'd love to, you know, I have a I have a Siberian Husky, so I, I need to keep him active. Otherwise, you got to go on a lot of walks. Man. Right, a lot of walks. <laughs> um, but my physical health journey has been really complicated just because it's deeply connected to my being told that I was inadequate, right? Um, I always was like really unathletic in high school and, and I just started to believe it. And so I just didn't really work out. I didn't um, do anything to invest in my physical health like that. And once once I actually went through the journey myself that I detail in the book that we're talking about now, I actually realized, okay, like maybe I don't have to necessarily um, go to the gym every day and and, and lift weights uh, and do everything that that isn't super um engaging to me like I, I I do it um and it's more fun for me to do it with friends but you know I I do it more so because I have to but then after this I, I decided to try something new and I was like okay like what what is it that I could be good at uh one of the things that I know that I require is more, more constant stimulation <laughs> that's just how my brain works yeah and uh because of that I I was like okay what what's constantly stimulating no matter what I do um uh, for, that I can just do for a long period of time that that physically exerts me, and I decided to try boxing. Um, so I started oh, nice. with boxing fitness classes like a few months ago, uh, and it's been so fun. <laughs> so it's it's non-contact gym, um, but it so but everyone has a bag, and you have an instructor. Think like Soul Cycle, except for like boxing. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that's it's so fun for me, but I'm also pretty good at it. Like I'm just sitting out there throwing punches, like. After a really long work day, that's that's all I really just need to do uh, to just get my stress out in, in a in a healthy way, um, and and it's been great for my my physical health. Um, but it all stemmed from you know being able to realize that I didn't have to necessarily abide by those standards of of working out, like um, going to going to lift every day and um, doing the same thing that you you just hear that everyone else does, right? Um, that everyone expects you to do. And that um, in reality, I can I can forge my own path, regardless of what that is, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I I agree with that hundred percent. And like you said, you have the dog to walk, and that automatically integrates into a healthy habit. I think health definitely can look different for different people, and should because yeah. everyone has their own. You know, if you're not invested in it, it's not a good thing to even try to do anyway. <laughs> But uh, that's great to come to that realization that you got there. Boxing is a great workout, amazing yeah. workout. Uh, yeah, so that's fantastic. And just get the energy out and, you know, 
punch something sometimes this is the best thing to do <laughs> yeah literally that's an soul out doing it <laughs> right right um well renzo thank you so much for joining me today i want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your book actually no let me back up real quick um we end every episode with giving you a chance to give a motivational talk let's say you go back to georgetown university and you're giving the commencement speech for the graduation and your speech is called how i think you can get the most out of your life what message do you want to tell those new college graduates on how they can get the most out of their lives? Well, it's a really interesting question. Um, right as you're going out of college, uh, so you just have you'll just have gone through senior year, which I think can be either a really easy time or a difficult time with respect to what you're going to be doing after college because you either have a job lined up from the beginning or you're working all year to do that um, regardless of which side in the spectrum you fall on it's tough because you have no idea what the real world is like and you just know that you're expected to get out there work a job for 40 plus years retire and then who knows what's next? <laughs> but that prospect was terrifying for me, as I imagine it's terrifying for everyone in the crowd who will be listening. Um, because we've been used to just going to school for so many years, everything's been structured, everything's we've been told what to do for 16 plus years. And it's not like that anymore it's you you pave your own path or you're supposed to anyway um but it's society will always have these rigid ways of telling you hey like get promoted do this get to retirement and then you're free uh no what i would tell everyone is no you you need to focus on forging your path that's not that's not something that you need to wait till you're 30 till you're 40 till you're retired to do you need to do that now and it's a practice it's an ongoing practice because the pressures will always be there to kind of force you on a path that you might not necessarily want to go on but if you can take control and, and recognize that again you don't have to be what others tell you you have to be you don't have to do what others tell you you have to do and once you can learn to not only tap into your own strengths and realize your own worth but apply that worth then you are unstoppable no one can tell you no because you'll just blaze through whatever kind of obstacles that you encounter wow well said thank you so much for that uh renzo how do people get in touch with you what's your book called uh, social media how do they get in touch with you sure sure so the book uh at this point it's available uh anywhere uh books are sold uh, on on online distributors so um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, just look up, do it anyway. Um, do it anyway should get you there, but do it anyway. Realizing your worth in a world that makes you feel inadequate is the full title um, by Renzo A. Reyes. It's me. And um, you can also go on renzoareyes.com uh, or follow me on Instagram at Renzo A. At Renzo A. Reyes. Awesome. Well, again, this is Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke, joined today by Renzo Reyes. Thank you so much, Renzo, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Best of luck with the book. Thanks so much, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment.
to learn more.